Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight I want you to go with me over to Psalm, the uh, 19th chapter. Hallelujah. I had this laid out two weeks ago, and the Holy Ghost had a different idea that night. And uh, thank God for those kind of meetings, those kind of times we were together. I like it when he does that. I, 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 there are times I want to say, now, why would you have me spend all that time on something that I didn't get to use? <laughs> but, you know, it's always good to come back to it later. So that's all right. Let's go to the 14th verse. When I was growing up in the Church of God, we had Sunday school classes for every single age group. And every department was broken down into smaller classes. We had the primary classes and the junior classes and the junior high classes, all these different classes, and then the boys and the girls. All this. I had a teacher in, in, this, in my class when I was about, uh, I don't know, 13 to 14 years old. And she was one of the sweetest people you would ever want to meet. Her name was Mae Turner. Sister May was awesome. I, you know, to this day, I just, I just thank God for her. She put a lot into me that I didn't realize at the time, but we would end every single Sunday morning with this verse. And it is, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. She wanted us to leave there on a Sunday morning and go out into the next week wherever we were going to school or whatever was going on in our little lives. You know, when you're 13 or 14, you know, you think that the world is just, you know, it's all about me. Uh, but it's not. But she wanted us to remind us in, during this setting that let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I can quote it to this day without a Bible. You know, she, was, she taught me many things, practical as well as spiritual. She taught me that ladies do not sweat, horses sweat, ladies glisten. So just want you to know that you ladies are glistening, you know, even when you're hot, having a hot flash, you're glistening. You're not sweating, you're glistening. But, you know, she, she, she made an indelible imprint in my life. You know, and, and so anytime I think about Miss Sister May, I always think about this, this scripture. And I, I ministered this several years ago, and I just felt led to pull it back out. And let's go through it because uh, there's, a, there's a whole lot more notes on this page now than there was the last time I did it. So we're just going to get into this. Um, there are some other translations of this. Uh, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart... Be acceptable in thy sight. Uh, one translation, the brother hymn says, that the words of my mouth and the soft utterance of my heart come within acceptance before you. The um, NAB Bible says um, that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart find favor before you. Another New English Bible says, may all that I say and think be acceptable to you. There's a lot to be said here about what you say and what you think and just what comes out of your heart. Go with me to Ephesians now, Ephesians 4, verse 29. 
Halleluja. So we're going to start off with talking about let the words of my mouth. Uh, starting in, in verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Uh, the New King James Version says that it may impart grace to the hearers. Uh, the Weymouth translation of that no corrupt communication part says, let no unwholesome words come out. You know, they don't have to be cuss words to be unwholesome. We can find ourselves in places where we, the things that we're saying are not wholesome. You know, when we're complaining about life, complaining about somebody, complaining about a situation, that's not wholesome. You know, it can devolve into, into cussing. It can, it can devolve into angry and bitter words. You know, if you're in the middle of a, of a uh, dispute, a disagreement with somebody. But, you know, we have, to, we have to keep a check on this little thing right here. I have to keep a check on it. You go to James and it talks about the power of the tongue. You know, that's a little member, but it could cause all kinds of damage. And it does. It really does. You know, growing up, you, you, you know, we had that old thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Yes, I tell you what, words sometimes hurt a lot more than sticks and stones. Because the, the sticks and stone hurt heals. So many times the words that come out of our mouth uh, to someone else or someone else's words that come out to us take a long time to go away. Because the enemy likes to use the words that are spoken in anger. And he likes to resurrect them. And he likes to... You, has anybody besides me ever said something that, that was really hurtful, that you really didn't mean, but you just, you at the moment, you just wanted to be hurtful? You just wanted to get your point across to somebody? You just wanted to hurt them? Um, and and no, no, there are times when no amount of um, I'm sorry's can erase what the devil will use, how he will use those words. You can say I'm sorry over and over again. And the person you're saying I'm sorry to can honestly believe that. But what will the enemy do later? Come back, bring it back to them. It's important what you say. It's important how you speak. It's important that you control the things that come out. Don't, because you're hurting, don't use your hurt to hurt somebody else. It's not wholesome. It's not wholesome. You know, we look at that as no corrupt communication. And, and like I say, sometimes, you know, we, you know, we automatically go to, oh, well, you know, I'm not a cusser. I mean, I don't say those kind of words, you know. You know, a lot worse things have been said with just plain, ordinary words, not curse words. But we cannot afford to do that for our own sake as well as for the people that we're saying them too. 
It goes on, it says, But that which is good to the use of edifying. Weymouth says, But let all your words be good for benefiting others. Is what I'm about to say going to be a benefit to somebody? Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't say it. That's a possibility. The next section says, Then it may minister grace to the hearers. Weymouth says that they may be a means of blessing to the hearers. Philip's translation says, which God can use to help other people. Your words can be used by either God or by the devil. You ever thought about that? I, it didn't occur to me until I, you know, I read this Philip's translation, you know, that it could be a positive or it could be a negative. Who, who are you going to give the power to help to? God or the enemy? It makes a difference. 20th century says that that may be a help to those who hear them. Am I helping or am I hurting with my words? You know, you could, you can, you could, be, you could get really just frustrated at work and say something, and, and it was not wholesome. It was in the category of corrupt, you know. There are times we say things that um, possibly there's nothing necessarily wrong with what we say, but how we say it. You know, how you say something makes an impact as well as what you say. But uh, let me let me just clue you to something. You know, we we've been talking for you know several weeks on different subjects. We've talked about enlarging, talked about um, new seasons. We talked about the faithfulness of God, all these kind of things. Listen, when God is working with you in a situation, when God is talking to you about your future, when God's wanting to move you into something else, when God's just wanting, just wanting you just, just to be you, do not take the opportunity to speak words that hurt yourself. I, you know, Lord checked me on something that I said not long ago. I, you know, I don't know. I got, I was by my, had gotten, I don't even know what it was, what had happened. And, and I got alone with myself. And I, and I just, I just started saying, you are so stupid. I cannot believe you said such an idiot thing. I can't believe you did that. You are such an idiot. And the Lord checked me and said, stop saying that about who I say that you are. That's corrupt communication. And it's not benefiting to anybody. You do not need to be saying that about yourself. If God is, is, is impressing you to do something new, to go somewhere new, to do something out of your comfort zone, anything, anything he's talking to you about, do not let your flesh cause you to speak something that goes against everything that God is saying to you. Do not... He, now, if you, were, if, you were, if you were to come to me and you'd be talking about somebody, because don't you talk about that person that way. Listen, don't you be talking about you that way. You are the biggest influence in your own life as to how or what you can accomplish. And you do not need to be giving voice to that. When you feel tempted to say, I cannot do that. I, I, I no, I, I can't. Or the like I did. You are so stupid. You are so stupid. I cannot believe you did that. You, stop it. Stop it. 
Stop. Many is the time I leave the pulpit and go home, and that night I get in bed and going, I can't believe oh, I did. That was horrible. Nobody in their right minds would ever want to listen to that. That wasn't a blessing to anybody. And then I come back to church on Sunday, on Sunday somebody goes, Pastor Angel, what you said on Sunday? Wednesday night just really blessed me. I'm going, are you serious? Really? That was a blessing. I'm thinking, God must have been talking to you about something I didn't say. It's all I can. All I can. But, see, that's not right. That's not right. If, if you said something you shouldn't have said, then you just go back and say, oh, no, no, no. I, I, no, I repent. I will not. You need to repent to yourself of what, what you said to yourself. You really do. Say, I'm not going to do that anymore. If God said I'm capable of doing this, then I'm capable of doing it. Okay, so maybe I didn't do as good a job as I should have done. But, you know, I learned from it. I will learn and I will go on. And I will do better the next time because the one, the God that's on the inside of me wants me to do better. He expects me to do better. He's got, he's put his, what he needs to put inside me so that I can actually do what he's asking me to do. And so just, you know, I just, I just felt like somebody needed to hear that. Stop talking about yourself in the wrong way. You, you are capable You are a blessing. You are more than a conqueror. You are you're greater than anything the devil has to say about you. Your faith is stronger than you know. You know more about the word than you than you realize. Let let God just put what's in your mouth and let that come out. You know, it says over in Proverbs 18 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you saying? Not just about other people, not just about situations. What are you saying about yourself? Success or failure can be determined right here. Not not in a haughty way, not in an arrogant way, not in a boastful way, not in a self-seeking way, but just say what the Word says about you. Success. Or failure. It goes on. I just wanted to, to read this real quick because of the note I had in my Bible. Go back over to Proverbs 18, verse 20. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, the Beck translation of that last part says, Those who love to talk will have to eat what they say. How big an appetite do you have? How much can you stomach? If you're saying good things, then you'll be satisfied with what you say. If you're not saying good things, you're going to have a tummy ache. That's the best I can say about it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I I want to consume the good things, the things that put me over, the things that cause me to be what God says I am, not what anybody else, including myself, what their opinion is of of the whole situation. Hallelujah. Um, it It just seems so real to me that somebody needed to hear that. 
maybe, maybe you have maybe you have had people say things to you that that over the over course of time, you know, well, you know, you'll never amount to anything. You know, you're never going to make it. This is all you're ever going to have in life. You know, you have to ignore what they say, but you cannot begin to say those same things. You cannot. You cannot utter those words. You cannot let them come out because you have more influence on yourself than anybody else does. As a man thinketh in his heart, in his heart, so is he. And when you, when you give voice to those kind, you may the enemy may put the thought there, but you do not have to camp on the thought. You do not have to dwell on the thought. You do not have to live and abide and take up residence in those kind of things. You just have to go on and say, that's not what God says about me. It's not what God says about me. Now, in the middle of all that, you know, there's some things that need to be changed, some things that need to be corrected. Correct them and go on. But don't let those words of somebody else cause you to say things to get in agreement with them. You don't need to hear that. You don't need to think that way. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on. Hallelujah. Um, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Well, let's talk about the meditation of your heart. Uh, Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 21 basically says, Attend to my words, keep them in the midst of your heart. Only when you keep God's word in the midst of your heart does your heart stay in a place where it ought to be. You know, the president's going to be giving a State of the Union address soon. Ever so often, we need to go back and have a state of the heart meeting. What's my heart look like? What's in my heart? What things am I, am I meditating on? What things am I giving, giving my attention to? Well, it tells us to, to, let, to, to keep our attention on the word. Proverbs 4, verse 23, we're well, right here, close by. Let's just read this one. Proverbs 4, verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence to guard, to defend your heart with all diligence, which means stay on top of it, folks. Stay on it. For out of it are the issues of life. Another translation says, flow the springs of life. The New English Bible of that first part says, Guard your heart more than any treasure, for it is the source of all life. RSV says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for it flows the springs of life. Another translation says, With all watchfulness, guard your heart, for out of it flow the actions of life. Listen, your, your, your heart is something that you need to examine on a regular basis. Because, you know, you, you, have to, you have to get the word in there. You have to be ready to act on the word. You need to be ready to speak the word. But, you know, there are times when we need to also take a look and make sure that our heart is in the right position with God. What do I mean by that? Motives. Motives. And, um, you know, it's interesting that God a lot of times will will check me on something. And 
My mouth might be saying the right thing, but my heart is contradicting what my mouth is saying. Oh, yeah, I love you, sister. No, I don't. You know, there, there are times, you know, in, in a married couple's life, you know, where they get into a tiff and, and uh, oh, you love me. Yeah, I love you, but I don't like you very much right now. A lot of times we can go around telling people, oh, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. But right you're on the inside, you're going, I don't like you much. There's a motive problem there. You know, and sometimes we need to examine our motives, examine our own heart. What does it say over in... Um, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Sometimes, you know, we, we get to a place where we're just upset because somebody's so critical of us. And if we were open to God talking to us, God would say, and how critical have you been of them, even though you didn't say it? In your heart. You were bashing them. You were tearing them apart. You were thinking every evil thing you possible, criticizing, you know, finding fault. We need to examine our heart. Mm-hmm. It's the meditation of your heart. That's what that turns out to be. What is your heart? What's this inside guy saying that nobody else hears, that nobody knows but you and God? Sometimes it's a little more apparent to people than you think. Sometimes, you know, your real motivation um, is already coming through. But a lot of times it's not. And then you wonder why something didn't go the way it should have gone. Why something didn't work out the way it should have worked out. Why you didn't find the favor that you thought you should have had in a situation. And if you're listening, God will say, because your heart wasn't in the right place. Well, how come this didn't turn out? You know, your heart wasn't in the right place. That's a big amen session right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Luke sixteen fifteen says, God knows your hearts. He does. And he's the only one that we really have to be concerned about. Because if we're concerned about what he knows about our heart, then we'll do something to correct it, and it all will be good. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5 says, He will expose the secret motives of men's hearts. In the Amplified, it says it this way. It says, He will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purpose of hearts. Man, that's a mouthful, isn't it? When you stop and look at that. You know, sometimes, you know, if, if we were threatened with God's going to show up and he's going to put a big old screen behind you and he's just going to flash up there what's really in your heart and we'd all kind of go, Ooh, okay, no, I don't think so. Not today. <laughs> Lord, please, no. No, 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 no. You know, I was, driving, I was driving up the interstate today coming back from Gainesville, and, and um, I'm booking along at about 80, maybe just a tad over, just a tad. And I, and I looked up, and way back there, I thought, that's a state trooper back there. Yeah, state trooper. 
doesn't seem like he's in just moseying around mode. Maybe he's coming my direction. So I just backed up. Now, I was passing a semi, so I could say, oh, I was passing a semi. But really, I, I really hadn't been paying attention to how fast I was going. And, uh, but I just kind of backed off, you know. And I thought, okay, Lord, help me here, favor. <laughs> My motive was to get back to the office. Yes, but I need some favor. <laughs> This is not the time I want the trooper to have flashback of what I was really thinking, you know. There's a lot of times where we really don't want God to give us a flashback of what we were really thinking. Not from up here, but from in here. Man can only look at the outward, but God looks at the man on the inside. Hebrews 4.12, go over there. I knew this would be a shouting's message. I'm helping you, though. I'm helping you. I'm helping you more than you know. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and at the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And how many times have we read that and that last part we just kind of skimmed over? Just kind of skimmed over it. Without letting it sink into us how serious this is. Amplified version of this says, Penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow, that is the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. You know, sometimes we're not honest with ourselves about what our real motivation is to do something or to not do something or to treat somebody a certain way or to think about somebody a certain way, to have an opinion of somebody a certain way. Sometimes we're not, we're not willing to see that there's something on the inside of us that's a problem. You know, over the years, you know, 40, almost 43 years now of pastoring, you know, you have people come and you have people go. Never like to see the go, even when it's for good reasons, like somebody moving away. Don't like it. You know, it upsets me. I, I, have, a, I have a mama heart. And, and I attach my, my emotions and my, and my feelings to, to every person who comes. And so that's hard on me, you know, just emotionally when somebody decides to leave. And over the years, you know, I, very few people have been honest when they've left. You know, there are, there are those, you know, who have, for good reasons, have, have moved away one thing or another. But there have been many times when somebody has offended, but will not admit they're offended. They will not actually. I appreciate honesty for Pete's sake. If you're going to be mad and leave, just say, I'm mad and I'm leaving. Okay? Um, I, I, have a, I have a friend whose, whose mom was in the Methodist church where she lived in another state for years and years and years and years. And just one day, all of a sudden, she up and changed churches. She'd gone to this church for decades. She just up and changed churches. Well, you know, her, 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 her 
child, ask her, what are you doing? And she said, well, you know, I just got mad with so-and-so. And just so I won't cause any problems, I just decided that's why I'm going to go to church there anymore. Well, how stupid is that? Why don't you just get your heart right? You know, and stay put where you belong. You know, we've had people come in our office and give us all kinds of nonsense. Just be honest for Pete's sake. You got your, you got your, your feathers all ruffled about something. You're up, you're up in arms about something. You got something you don't like. Just say you don't like it and then say, I'm leaving because you're not going to change and I'm not going to change, so we might as well part company. Just say that. We had somebody come in our office and say, well, we've prayed. I despise that phrase when they come in. I'm sorry. That's just the honest goodness truth. I'm going to be real honest with you about it. I despise. Don't ever come in our office and say, we've prayed about this and the Lord's leading us to leave. No, don't you ever say that because God's not leading you. I've told, I've told people that from their face. No, that is not God. I've only got five minutes and I'm on a roll here. Um, Anyway, they came and said, we've been praying about this, and, and, we just, and we just feel like we need to find somewhere else to go. And, and, and as soon as we made that decision, we, just, we felt at peace. And after all, Pastor, you said you had to be led by your peace. No, what you got led by was the pressure was off because you made a decision to go. Come to find out later. You know why they left? Number one, they were offended. They were offended that we do not promote drinking around here, and they wanted to go back to their old habits of drinking. They didn't approve of the fact that we have attendance requirements if you're going to be in certain positions. They didn't like it that we put too much pressure on them to be in church. What a blessing to me if you just said, hey, I want to go drink. And I don't want to come to church. I'll come when I get ready. Don't pressure me into coming every time. I don't want to come three times a week. Just, just say that. But don't come. Oh, I pr- we prayed about it. Pastor, we prayed about it. And we have a peace. And, you know, peace is you follow your peace. Funny thing is, their lives have been a wreck since they left. Don't give me that garbage. I, man, I, I only got four more minutes. Oh, heavens. Man, that's terrible. Be honest with yourself. Check your own heart. Go to the Word. See if it lines up with the Word. And if it doesn't, do something about it. God can't use you if you're not even honest with yourself about what your heart issue is. And you will not find yourself in a place where you can receive the kind of blessing that God wants you to have and enjoy when you can't even get your own heart in line with the word. And if you're wondering why some things aren't working out, this might be a key to start with. I got nobody in particular in mind. Aren't you glad? (laughs) But God's been talking to me about some things. You don't want somebody to do better than you? Why? Because you don't want to look bad? You you don't want somebody to have have a raise because you're jealous? You don't want somebody else to get blessed because you're envious of of what what they've got? Check your motives. Check your heart. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Well, what's acceptable? Well, Colossians 1.10 says that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That means his full satisfaction, Williams' translation says. Philip says, bring joy to his heart. 20th century says, please God in every way. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 talks about being entrusted with the word, the word that tries our hearts. Conaberry says, the God who proves our hearts. Moffat says, satisfy the God who tests our hearts. Another one says, to please God who is testing my motives. Testing my motives. We need to test our own motives and be ready to, to change what needs to be changed. We're coming into a season where it's more important than ever to be conscious of what we say and what's in our heart, the motives of our heart. You know, over all these years, we you know we've seen people with a lot of different motives, people who come in our doors, you know, with a mo- saying they want to, oh, they want a church family, they want this, they want that, they want the other, but their motive is something very different. I mean, sometimes it, 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 it's exposed pretty quickly. You know, um, we've had some people come in over the years who wanted to use the church as another multi-level marketing arena. You know, they wanted to have a new batch of people they could they could bring it. Well, that didn't last very long. Then you've got people who want to come in who want to uh, to mold us into into their way of thinking of how church should be. Well, sweetheart, you're not in your church. This is our church. And if there's anything around here that I can be said about about the vast majority of the people that go here is they know what the vision of this church is and how we operate and this and we're not going to change. You know, we're kind of like God. He changes not. You know, and in so many ways, you know, we found ourselves just like that. When are you going to change what have we do? We're not. When are you going to change what you think about this, this particular thing? We're not. You know, there are certain standards, you know, just in life that, in, in, in the life of a church and just in our, in our own Christian walk that need to just be adhered to no matter what anybody else thinks. No matter what. But, you know, keep your own heart right. People who've come in with motives, you know, oh, I want to be part of the music team so they could showcase their own talents. You know, a lot of things can be said, you know, about motives. But tell you what, let's just go back to the, just what this, this verse said over in Psalm. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, my heart, not somebody else's heart. You're not here to judge anybody else's heart. It's your heart we're talking about. And only you and God knows what needs to be done. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Say amen if you can. Say oh me if you can't. (laughs) And I'm one minute over. That's okay. Um, More could be said, but I think God can say more to you about, about this. Than I, than I need to say. This will just get you started. Just get you started. But first and foremost, you know, somebody need to hear about things that they say and think about themselves. 
And secondly, we all, we all need to check our hearts in every situation to make sure that we are maintaining the attitude from the heart that we need to portray, that we need to minister to someone else. Because what did it say? It said uh, in Ephesians, but let all your words be good for benefiting others, that it may be a means of blessing, which God can use to help other people. Don't side in with the enemy. Side in with God. So, Sister May is in heaven going, yeah, girl, you tell it. You know, just just always remember to tell them that horses sweat, not ladies. <laughs> and we've done that. Hallelujah. Love you guys. Don't forget all the things that are going on around here. Go ahead, Pastor. Now, before we leave, I have a question. Oh, no. What? Now that you're into this therapy mode tonight, I'm sure I'm not the only one that would like to know what it sounds like when you repent to yourself. Can, can you give me this conversation? Can you tell me how that goes? We'll have a chat later. Looking forward to it. Go home. Go home. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.